I'm Allison Katzkowski, otherwise known as The Allison K. I'm a fitness innovator and entrepreneur turned business mentor and retreat master. A client experience is more than just making the sale or the transaction. A client experience is about how it's put together so that clients can receive amazing real transformation. Here you'll hear all about how the industry leaders are creating amazing experiences. I'm always going to give it to you straight because I know your time is valuable. Are you ready? Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. I'm the host of Creating the World's Best Client Experiences. I'd like to welcome you to this edition of the show um, where we talk about client experiences from the creation and the delivery standpoint for two reasons. One, we want to massively increase customer value. And two, we want to greatly enhance the transformation that the amazing entrepreneurs and business leaders that I talk with can actually bring about in their client experiences. So today, I'm really excited about my guests. I have a partnership dyna- dynamic duo, if you will. Today, I have Ashley Stevens and Regina Vanberg. They are the owners of a mental health company called The Crane and Bull, and they actually deliver support services for mental health professionals, including retreats. So we're going to have a really interesting conversation around that. I think this is a very necessary thing to be talking about considering, you know, given the state of the world over the last four or five years. So ladies, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Of course. So where shall we start? So you guys are partners. You both also have your own private practices. I want to, you know, I want to, you know, emphasize here, but you also offer retreats, which I think is so cool for mental health professionals. But before we get into any of that, I have to ask, how did you come up with the name of your company, The Crane and Bull? There has to be a story there. Um, there is, it's a, it's strange story. We, I think just kicked around so many names and that were the two elements that were in all of the ideas we had. And then we just Uh them together. Our little tagline is as above, so below. And the idea is land and sky. So it's above and so below. I like that. Okay. Well, well, I gotta be honest. When I think of a crane, I think of a majestic, beautiful bird if you will. Um, We have a place on Lake Norman, just north of Charlotte, and we're there just about every weekend in the summer. And early in the morning, sometimes you can see the cranes on the end of some of the docks near our house. And they're just so majestic. But to me, they're also so like strong and sturdy and, you know, just this majestic form, but also demonstrates like real stability. And then you think of the bull which I got to be honest, the visual that's coming to my mind is a bull is a bull in a china shop, which is just like out of control, right? So I think it's just it's fitting when you talk about supporting mental health professionals that you're you're looking at at both of those perspectives, right? Yes. I love that. That's and a better the real, than we had. Yeah, you have like the the flexibility. You know, you're in the sky. You gotta you gotta be adaptable. Pivot up, down, left, right, wherever you need. And then this. To me, it's also kind of um, feminine and masculine energies yeah, of like, uh-huh. you know, the bull is just rooted, firmly yeah. planted. There's yeah. no moving that thing. Yeah. But you need that structure. You need oh, that, right. um, you know, if you have the the flexible, that's great. But you also sometimes need to be stable and sturdy and safe, like where you are. Absolutely. And what better, what better ideal than a big, you know, bulky, muscular bull? Yeah. And when I think of the crane, it's like I said, I think of beauty. I think of a a majestic creature that just almost seems like 
I don't, for lack of a better way to say it, flimsy, but they're anything but flimsy, right? They're just very delicate, but at the same time, they're like, just, they just have this way of carrying themselves, right? Yes. Yeah. So you guys both have private practices, but yet you decided to merge your, merge your zones of geniuses, if you will, and be able to offer support for mental health professionals. Why is that? Yeah. So one of the things that we're really passionate about is, you know, we mental health professionals, all all people who work in this kind of industry are here because they want to help people. They right. want to make people, individual people's lives better. Sometimes we do things like groups, which is a collection of individuals all trying to the, to do the same thing. But for us, this kind of if we can affect change at such a higher level that instead of onesie twosies like we do in our private practices and over the course of our lifetime, how many clients will we have? A, maybe a few hundred over over the span of a good career. Yeah. If we're able to help people who are struggling at a higher level and those providers, you know, you get 10 people in the room who each have seen 100 to 200 people then you're just able to make such a ripple effect of change, of betterment, of improvement. And for me, kind of what you were saying earlier is um, people are struggling. There's a lot of hurt out in the world right now. And if we can help people um, who serve other people, then we can kind of tackle a lot more birds with a single yeah. stone. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. So, so okay. Well, then let's talk about your interpretation, and I always ask people this that are in the mental health space because everybody has a little different philosophy. So please tell my audience really what your, how you approach mental health, like what it is, how, what do you propose? And I know with you each having private practices, I want to give you both a little airtime on that subject. So like what it is in your opinion and what your approach is, and really, what are some of the common things that you're seeing and hearing, you know, from a general perspective um, from your the people that you serve today? I would say, you know, first, I think we we talk about this all the time, but there are what I call mental health deserts all over the United States, not to mention the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the The most recent reports say something like a third of the country doesn't have access yeah. to good mental health support. So for me, that's kind of the response of what, what, why I do what I do is yeah. wanting to help as many people as possible. So in my philosophy, I'm a social worker, a clinical social worker by training. So social work is um, primarily focused on kind of people in their environment. I, my biggest philosophy is kind of like nothing happens to you as a single solitary like thing in a vacuum. Totally there agree. are environments, there's people, there's places, there's systems of oppression or hopefully not of oppression that are, you know, kind of affecting the way that you do those things. It's not just you sol solely making a decision in that moment for no reason. Yeah. So for me in my practice, it's very, um, I throw in a lot of external kind of these systems Who's saying that to you? Why did you create that belief system? Where did this come from? And couching it in a person's larger life environment system yeah. that they're all operating in. So it's very um, kind of outside looking in and inside looking out. It all kind of plays together in these like machinations of 
how you are, who you are. And social work is very um, akin to that kind of like, it's not just you and your problems. It's you in the world with all of the world's problems and how you kind of respond or don't in in those ways. Yeah, because you serve, you work with therapists, counselors, social workers, even people in the healthcare space, like physicians and PAs and nurse practitioners, right? And, you know, all from the angle of mental health, which I like how you put that. It's really about how we're interpreting, right? The events and the things that are going on in our world, because our belief systems to a large degree as adults, we basically borrow from our parents or the people that we choose were around a lot, right? And then when we get to be adults and we start to form our own opinions and and our own beliefs, we have that that discord, right? That friction when we find that something isn't quite adding up, right? And that can right then and there cause like, you know, a lot of anxiety and angst, I would think. Yes. Yeah. So Regina, in your private practice, do you serve the same type of clients as Ashley does? Uh, My practice is a bit different. I see more individual adults for psychotherapy. My specialty is trauma. I'm a trauma psychologist, but my practice is more general in nature. So I think, you know, how I would sum it up. I love Ashley's expansive view. I'm, I tend to default to a little bit more of a nuanced stance. What I tell people is mental health is the ability to feel confident and competent in managing what's coming at you. It's not the absence of challenging feelings. It's certainly not the absence of challenging events. It's can we navigate them? Do you feel like you have that skill? And that's what we work on. Um, I think that's kind of the beauty of the overlay of our two approaches is that, yeah, yeah, as above, so below. You've got it covered both on the back. Yeah, because I think there's a, one of the, I'll just tell you as a, as a coach, one of the, one of my big pet peeves that I see is from a, and people that I've talked to for the show, actually, well, I just, I just, I help my clients get rid of their limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know quite, quite don't know about that because I, to you, to your point, you know, the, the, the work is to be able to navigate and to function and to, you know, live our lives in spite of the things that we can't control. There's always going to be things that trigger, mm-hmm. right? Those thoughts and feelings in us. And it's not a matter of just shutting it off, right? Certainly not. If if it yeah. was, we would have done it by now. Totally. Right? If it was that yeah, simple. And everyone would be living yeah. their dream lives, right? Mm-hmm. That's always my argument. It's like, there's just so much, you know, I won't, I won't say the word since we're on the air, but there's just so much out there that's just garbage, right? It just mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't do it, right? Yeah. So, so we, let's fast forward to you guys forming the crane and bull. So you guys have known each other for a while, I'm assuming. Um, and you just decided to join forces, even though I want to be clear, you guys still maintain your private practices, but you have a bigger picture vision to really serve and create an amazing experience for people like yourselves who are delivering mental health services, right? So you're yeah. like the therapist for the therapist. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So then in the work that you've done, you obviously saw that this was a need. Talk to me about that. We come to this very honestly. We met um, initially because we worked in the same federal service and both were burnt out. And that's that's how this came to be. So um, I left and had no idea what it was I was going to go out there and do. And then shortly thereafter, Ashley was also like, I think, I think something else would be better. 
And it was actually in those conversations where we were first deciding that we were going to make a change that this idea, this premise was born. We are very aware of what it's like to deeply value a mission, care a lot about what it is you're contributing to the world, and to be doing that in a structure that's just unsustainable. Okay. So that's how we came up with this idea that if it's happening to us, it's happening to others. And we know firsthand there there wasn't a lot out there as far as resource or even information. Yeah. No place to go to have someone say, oh, I get it. That's a very reasonable response to an incredible amount of stress. And uh, and so here we are. That was the yeah. that was the origin. Okay. Well, and I like how you guys describe it's like really what you do is you offer a path to what you call diversification, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to me about what that means. Ashley, why don't you let me know what you think about that? Yes. So one of the things that um that from our our kind of origins in that system is you do this job and you do this job all day, every day, and it's a eight to five or eight to four, whatever it looks like. And that's, that's it. And for us, you know, kind of when you, when you talk about, if we were going into details about our, what our day-to-day looks like, it's a little of this, it's a little of that. It's really um, introducing space and the ability to do other things that all kind of serve similar, yeah. you know, kind of aligned passions. But I kind of have this like diversify to thrive kind of. Yeah. The like only it. way I do what I do well is if I'm not doing the same thing all day, every day, yeah. in and out with no yeah. breaks, with no space, just like a kind of like mill, you know, producing, producing, producing. That is just to me the the direct pathway to someone burning out. Yeah. And the life outside of these kinds of systems with, you know, I do a little bit of this and then I, you know, hang out with my dog for an hour while we go outside and look at the cranes at the lake, which I actually have here too. Yeah. And uh-huh. and then I, you know, I do supervising of other clinical providers as well. So I do a little bit of that and I create a life that serves me rather than serving an organization or a or a bureaucracy or something like that, which is purposeful. You know, there's yeah, right. amazing work that gets done in those systems. But do you have the space to kind of think about all of your different passions and all of the different lives you could be leading and things like retreats and yeah. and having the space in your day, in your kind of structured work life to think about some of your other passions is yeah. where I truly think, you know, peace, um, serenity, sanity all come in, especially for mental health providers. You know, if you're just on that wheel, you know, doing 40 hours a week of therapy, uh, there's no question in my mind, you are burnt out. There is, you're like not at you your refer best. refer to it as diversification because we it's what you're basically what you're basically saying. What's really coming up for me here is is that in the work that you do when you when you're coaching your clients, both of your private clients, you're mm-hmm. basically speaking into this idea of diversification is really what you're coaching your people to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you're talking about okay, let's make this a little bit bigger than ourselves. This is really like a direction that the mental health field could actually go, right? And this is one of the reasons oh, yeah. why you feel so called to serve mental health professionals at a different level. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because I think there's this piece which we have to, you know, 
there's a lot of self-work that we can and hopefully are doing. And that is only, I can only do so much before I'm met with these structures, which aren't movable, which I'm not able to change. And if, you know, there is a point and Regina has this amazing story about coming to this point of realizing like, I can only go one or two ways here and maybe the direction I'm going can't serve me mentally or physically. I have to do something different. Um, So Regina, tell, I love this story. And that's like why you say diversification, which I love. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, th- I hope this is the one that you're talking about, Ashley. You'll have to correct me if, if I'm talking the wrong truth. But I think the story that that she's mentioning, um, when I was completing my doctorate, my emphasis of research was mindfulness. And so I had a very formal, regular practice that I was doing for for the better part of a year. And there came a moment in time when what I realized was when I was mindful, when I really sat with how I was feeling and how I was doing, Everything in my system was screaming, we're done here. This stress is, is un, it's oh. un, and yeah. I had to make a choice. I'm either going to quit this program and not complete what I'm doing, or I am going to ask myself to be less mindful about what is happening to me, my body, my relationships, everything else that was being touched by this incredible undertaking. And I, uh, I reduced mindfulness so that oh. I could stay the course. And I think as far as diversification goes, that was a really pivotal moment to really kind of stop and think about. It's an important idea generally, right? We want to be engaged in things that bring us joy and passion. But what are they? And how do you know when to switch gears? And what does diversification look like to you? So for me, what I learned was there has to be a way to build in time when I'm just not doing anything. Yeah, Um, yeah. I love I love the work of therapy. I love the craft yeah. and the art of it. I won't ever not do it. But in order to sustain that, other things have to be in place. Yeah. No, so no, I love that. Mean. I love I love how you put that. And what's coming up for me as you were talking was is what we give our energy to is what we will see more of in our in mm-hmm. our world, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's like what I tell people, don't talk about what you don't want because as human beings, you know, Stay, stay with me here. As human beings, what we do is we might have a day where 80% of our day goes excellent, right? We hit all of our targets. We get the to-do list done. But what are we going to be talking about? The two things that didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like what you give your energy to is what you're going to see more of. So that's really what what was coming up for me is what, what, as well, you know, while you were talking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. So diversification is to is to just make a point that, look, we've got a couple different directions, a couple different things we can do here, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And we're very, you know, I think this is a, an important piece is, I say it all the time, I also have my feet firmly planted on this yeah. ground, um, nearly always because I'm scared of heights. But I, my job is not to make you dream big and get your head up on the clouds and forget that you have bills and kids and responsibilities yeah. and like you yeah, know we're not going to la la land here we're we're no, in the reality no. right yeah and that's really important because i think some of these things of like you know there's a whole lot out there of of kind of practices these self care techniques and things which kind of make you dream yeah. and i think what's kind of missing sometimes is this 
And how does that serve who you actually are and yeah. and your responsibilities and your needs? How do you remain rooted while chasing your dreams, while being able to create yeah. a life that actually feels fun and real and yeah. and livable and sustainable yeah. Yeah. while being able to pay your bills yeah, and take care of your responsibilities? For a lot of people, it's, it, it, it's like being on a seesaw. You know, it's just, it's yeah. very much a back and forth. One of the things that I teach in a lot of my retreat programs and in my work with my private clients is, you know, what is your future self asking of you? You know, in mm-hmm. order to become the future version of yourself, okay, if you keep making decisions, to your point, in your current reality, you're just going to get more of what your current reality is. So there really has to be an impetus to, to move more into what it is that you want for your future. But having said that, at the same time, like navigate the day-to-day too. And that right there is the work, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's the both end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love that. So let's talk a little bit then about the work that you guys do with mental health professionals, because I know you've got a couple of different ways that you do that um, within the the crane and bull I'm talking about. I know your private practices are, are what they are, but but let's talk about that because I really, in a lot of the talks that I've had with coaches and people in the service-based industry, I really haven't heard many people speak to this particular need. So I do think you guys are onto something. That's great to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm just one person, but I just know that in a lot of my conversations, I hear common themes and this isn't one of them. So, And so I've created a brand new Visionary Retreat Leaders Checklist. This is pure gold, folks. This is all stuff that I have learned through my own planning processes over the last 10 years that I've been delivering retreats. So if you want to get your hands on a copy, it's absolutely free. You can go to my website, www.theallisonk.com. Click on the can work with me icon, work with me, which is on the left-hand side. If you go to my website and click it and you start scrolling down the page and there'll be a pop-up window that will appear and you can just put your email address in and we'll be glad to send it to you. So make sure you take advantage of this. This is an amazing free offer. This is worth its weight in gold. And quite honestly, I see a lot of people charging a lot of money for the stuff that I'm just giving to you for free. So go get your hands on it. I would love to get your feedback, see what you think, but definitely take it as a free gift from me because I really believe in over-delivering and over-sharing. And I just want you to be able to have it so that you can start using it and planning your own retreats and events. So take advantage. I would love to hear what you think. What we're hoping to do is create a space, create an experience primarily where people that are in this arena can come together and first learn, you know, provide that psychoeducation piece about what is burnout? What is it really? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How does it happen? And this is where Ashley is just incredibly dynamic and really interesting to listen to when she talks about this. But we want to give that education piece first so that we're at the outset really externalizing this as not a personal problem. This is not a personal failing. This is an environmental aspect that we now have to deal with. And then the second part of the retreat is really thinking about, so how do we do that? When you are faced with an incredible amount of stress, how do we teach you to regulate your physiology? How do we teach you to capture and make the most of what's happening for you cognitively? How do we do all of this in a way that is really setting up the idea that burnout's not an enemy, it's a source of information. 
So how do we really make good use of it? That's the general lay of the land. But we how we have this set up, because we do want this to be an experience that's honoring of the providers that are in front of us, and that we don't always take the time that we need for rest and recovery. We only have training in the first half of the day. So in the mornings and then in the evenings and the afternoons, it's about doing whatever you want. We have suggestions, we have guided tours, we have all kinds of things lined up that you can partake in or not. Because the idea is take these skills, listen to what you need, let's make that the practice, Mm -hmm. and then engage how you wish to after that. Yeah. Yeah. So in these, so these are, are these more small group experiences that you offer then? Okay. So what small group? Define that for me. We're capped at 10. Okay. Nice. And it's a weekend. It's a single day. It's a weekend. What is it? It's four days, three days of actual training, but four days. We'll arrive the day before to get settled in, enjoy some dinner. And then we really begin in earnest on the second day with the actual application of skills and psychoeducation, um, that piece of it. So then your retreat promise then is that your, your participants leave. And they have this new up, upgraded, if you will, toolbox, right, of new skills, new things that they can actually implement. Um, do you? How do you support them in the follow-up, though? Because, I mean, honestly, I talk to a lot of people who've been on retreats and the experience might be great, but they get home and they go right back to their old life. That's a, that's a really good question. We have a couple of ideas for how to address that. One of them is already in place, which is you can always opt in to follow up calls or consultations with us. And we'll provide information about that at the retreat. The other idea that we were talking about actually just before this call was building, we don't even have a name for it yet, but support communities. So people that have been through our our retreat and have this kind of general knowledge base We'll put them, if they wish to be, on a a list for now being referred to for other providers that are coming through. Sometimes you want to work with someone that you haven't met before, right? That confidentiality piece can be nice. So connecting people that way on the back end is another way that we're hoping to keep people able to keep practicing, keep having that experience, and be talking to people that have a similar idea about what the the shtick here is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I see. That's interesting because, you know, I, I I think follow-up is an opportunity that a lot of retreat leaders don't really think about. I think they assume they're going to stay in touch, but the focus is on delivering the experience and not on what's next. And I think that's a big missed opportunity. Yes. And one of the main things that we talk about often is this idea of practice, mm-hmm. repetition. You know, I, I say it in therapy, right? If you go to therapy one hour a week, you have one an hour where you're practicing some skills and 167 other hours in that week where you're not practicing those skills. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the goal, nothing happens in this one hour that is going to change your life, like practicing and utilizing it in the other hundred and I don't know how many there are with your yeah. not being asleep, yeah. but you know, the other hundred hours a week. And this is the same thing. We have you for a limited time and we're going to make the most of that time together while also having space and time for you to explore and practice the skills out in the real world. You know, what happens? I, I don't like eating alone. Okay. What would happen tonight if you went and ate alone? Feel how that feels. 
What is it like being in a new city where maybe you've never been before alone eating? You know, people, it feels like there's eyes on me or whatever. Great. Tune in. How are you doing? And then let's come back tomorrow and talk about what you learned from that experience, how that felt, how you utilize the skills that we taught you to feel better in that moment, et cetera. But they have some real time to really practice, like in real time, you know, exactly. And that's key. And it doesn't stop when the retreat is over. You have to go back to, quote unquote, the real world. This has hopefully been an amazing break. But what happens when you're back at work? You're back with your family. You're back with all of the responsibilities. And this idea of like burnout as an imbalance between the demands that you have and the resources you have this like referral system and consultation and all those things is your practice, but also aiding in increased resource. You know, it was a really hard day today. What do I have at my disposal to feel better? And we want to be one of those things that is in the bucket of resources that you can pull on uh, as well as a a ton of other skills and strategies, but it's important to have. No, I like that. I mean, I like this. I like the broader general subject and the the network of people to follow up with like you know maybe they don't want to keep working with someone at the retreat or whatever maybe it's somebody else so that's a big opportunity for other mental health professionals and holistic health practitioners listening you know to be yeah. a networking opportunity for y'all too i would think yeah. so let's and let's shower in that yeah absolutely let's change gears just for a couple minutes i'm interested from a business owner perspective what are some of the challenges that you guys are having in keeping your pipeline full, getting seen, connecting with the right people, the people that really are the best fit for what it is that you're doing? I would say one of the primary challenge, challenges is building that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, we, we're great providers, yeah. but you know, I might not be the most spectacular person in social media. That's definitely been a learning curve. Yeah. And um, better and better all the time. We're gathering yeah. more and more speed. But that definitely, I would identify as probably one of the biggest challenges is just figuring out how do you get in front of people? Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, you've mentioned it um, a moment ago, Allison, but I, I do think this is such a needed, it is. Such a needed offering. But the it, that's not the question, right? The question is, how do we let people know that this is available to them? Well, so but, I, but I also think we have to speak to, you know, what I always coach my entrepreneurs to do. You kind of have to speak to not necessarily the competition, but you have to point out what's wrong with the mm-hmm. traditional line of thinking. This isn't a getaway mm-hmm. or a vacation. This isn't a girl's weekend, whatever, you know, it's, right. yeah. there's nothing wrong with any of that, but that doesn't change things for you when you come home. That's exactly it. You have to basically say that. So you're basically calling out other retreat leaders at the same time. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is, is our audience Mm -hmm. is the worst. Bless. We're, we're in this, we're included in this. We're the worst at taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's why things like self-care and the billion dollar yoga industry and meditation and mindfulness and all these things get thrown around all day, every day is because Mental health providers nearly always care so much about their clients yeah. that they give and give and give and give and, and forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, like you have a body. You need to use the restroom sometimes. Yeah. You need water. You yeah. need a break. 
And, you know, that's one of the things that we've heard in this field all the time is, I know I need to step away. I know I need a week off. I know I need to take care of this, that, and the other thing. But one of the kind of funny things is like, we have um, continuing education required for our licenses. And you'll see it if you just scroll through some of this information on mental health providers. It's my license expires next week. What do y'all have available? Because we're so... We're so into doing that one-on-one. And so for us, that's part of it too, is giving yourself permission to put yourself first for just, we're not even talking about a whole week, just half a week for you to come and prioritize. Well, if there's a way for you guys to get your retreats, part of that continuing ed experience, what what better use of a continuing ed opportunity than to invest in yourself in a real way? Not just going yes. and sitting in a seminar and listening to the latest technique, right? No offense exactly. to anyone who's doing that. We need that too, yes. right? Yes. Thank you for saying that. We do offer CEs. Yeah. Uh, we are approved for 10 CEs of continuing education credit for what we're, what we're working on. So yes, yeah. double duty. Let's get that licensure stuff taken care of because there's the balance, right? You have to. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I would think in talking in your messaging, that needs to be front and center because that is something mm-hmm. that nobody else is doing. So free advice. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. So let's talk then about a, just for a few minutes about some of the, the challenges that you've had with clients. Now, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to break confidentiality, but like on a retreat experience like this or an opportunity where a mental health professional all of a sudden can kind of take off the mask, if you will, right. Mm-hmm. Or take off the, what's protecting them and they can, you know, be real that has to be, that has to be a, I don't want to say a slippery slope. That's not the right way to say it, but it's, it has to be a challenge to be able to navigate that. I think it can be a slippery slope. I think that's actually a really nice way to put it. Mm -hmm. I think first things first, right? We set up the parameters Mm -hmm. and we make sure that we're giving, especially in some of the work that we're doing that is about modulating arousal. We want to make sure that we're setting a really firm parameter don't go this high. Don't go this low. Meet me right here at, you know, your five of 10. So we want to set that up out of the gate because you're right. There is a lot of opportunity to be working on something that's important to find that, oh, that got really intense very quickly. Uh So making sure that we're setting that parameter first is how we would contain something like that. And then I think also just that awareness piece as providers ourselves, just kind of taking the temperature in the room, using that emotional intelligence to recognize do we need to step away? Do we need to take a break? We are the facilitators. And so we, we take care of that part of it and not let it get um, too intense. Yeah. Yes. You kind of have to take your temperature often, I would think so that you don't let it manage you. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's part of what we do in this room is get people, you know, we're so, we're so used to the kind of like daily slog that our, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm going, you know, that hit me hard. I got really angry when you told me about that terrible story of things that happened to you, whatever it is, we kind of, we kind of do this like dialing back so that whoever we're in front of can dial up and really tune in and hone into those things. But part of, of this world and mental health specifically is this ability to mirror, you know, if someone is, is crying, do I sit there like, Ooh, get over it. What's going on? You know, yeah, no. Right, right. You're you're you know, having a, a mental health provider who can meet you in the hard stuff is part of it. 
So we want to create a space that is, we're doing hard work. This is not going to be like, you know, girls weekend, like you said, right? it's going to be important. And that's going to ask you to do, to step into some zones that maybe you have a habit of dialing back on because you're caring for someone else. So this is your opportunity to really tune in to what's going on at home and being able to be present and and able to work on those things. You know, you kind of talked earlier about this, um, like really kind of taking a, a strategy or something like that out. Like this isn't serving me, remove it. Yeah. Well, now you have a shaky foundation and one of yeah. your like pillars of life is yeah. now like crumpled. Our, we have to be able to, I call it upgrading skills. Nothing is wrong. This is how you've survived your whole life. I'm not asking you to take that away. I'm I'm offering an upgrade to those skills so that it's more, I don't know, better for you. It feels better. It operates better. You don't get as much resistance to the things that you're doing. And we're just taking those survival skills and upgrading it for a new situation and a little bit better for you. And that that's kind of what I see is like the basis of this is nothing's wrong with the way you're doing things inherently. You're doing what you have to do, what you were taught to do. You're yeah. surviving. Yeah. Let's go a step further into like you're actually having a life that you like, not just one that you survive till yeah. nighttime. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It's it's like you're you're really like you're really like letting them build a much stronger foundation for themselves, which ultimately is going to let them serve at a much higher level in their practices and what they're doing. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, before we wrap up, can you offer an actionable tip or bite size, something that people, anyone listening that's feeling inspired by this conversation could, you know, implement in their life. I'm speaking to the people in service-based professions, people who do the one-on-one and the small group work. And it, it honestly, it can be draining. So yeah. what can you offer and what are your, what are your best pieces of advice? I think, I think the place to start is finding ways that you can really work on your witnessing mind, your prefrontal cortex. The simple way to do that is anything that requires you to have an internal focus. So jump on YouTube, find any kind of body scan would be great. Anything that you don't mind listening to that's kind of appealing to you and make that your your practice or real practice on a daily basis. It doesn't have to take long. Give me two or three minutes. But do that repeatedly and begin to just work out that particular skill of can I tune in and can I tune back out? Mm. So we're going to work that um, work that as a skill, as a muscle. So okay. it's part of how the system regulates anyway. So, so you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, because I mean, how often throughout the day do we need to be able to do that? You know, approach mm-hmm. such complex situations from a place of being neutral and not allowing your energy to get kind of sucked in. So you you literally are like doing that all day anyway. So any right. way, tips and techniques to to work on that is always a win-win. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of gorgeous neuroscience that supports this yeah. idea of using that prefrontal cortex. We won't get into it here, but yeah. that's that would be my recommendation. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And mine is is a little, you know, it's specifically related to this idea of like if you find yourself burning out if you're crispy at the end of the day and you're witnessing like i am short with my partner 
I don't have the time to like hang out with my dog like they're asking for. My kids are like, mom, dad, we wish you were around, whatever it is. Remind yourself that these are, these are deeply felt personally, but they are not your fault. They are not your failings. They are not, you know, a problem for you to fix. They are, you know, a clue. They're a sign. They're information. As Regina said earlier, this is, let's be curious about what it is that my body is trying to tell me to do. And talk with someone, anyone that you have, a friend, your partner, a safe person, your therapist, if you have one, whatever, and and tell them what's going on with you. Because saying it out loud, you know, um, things that are negative kind of grow in the dark. When we shine some light in on them, it makes everything better. So tell a friend. Tell somebody who is safe to tell, and then don't don't look at it as an enemy. Look at it as, as as information to explore, and that your body is telling you something. Your mind is telling you something. Yeah, is yeah, there the a change? Is always the think? evidence. The way you feel is yeah. always. The, yeah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Where can people connect with both of you for retreats? We hope you'll find us at the Crane and the Bull. Um, our website is thecraneandthebull.com. Um, you can email us at hello at thecraneandthebull.com. For the my private practice, um, I don't have a website or anything. I just have a, an email address that I'm I'm happy to give you. That would okay. be dr.rvanberg at gmail. So it's dr.rvanberg at gmail. At gmail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Awesome. Yes. And my practice is called Apila, which is a Chickasaw word for to help or to assist, A-P-E-L-A. So if you just Google Apila Counseling or Apila Supervision, you'll find me. I'm at the top. Awesome. And then people can connect with you both at thecraneandthebull.com. You got it. You guys have a retreat coming up when? November in San Antonio. November uh-huh. 1st, actually. And then okay. we have um, another one in December, New Orleans. And New Orleans, that's just 2023. Have you thought about 2024 yet? Oh, indeed. Yes. Okay. We're going to go Good. international, hopefully. Oh, where are you thinking? Do you have any ideas? We do. Um, Scotland, or Edinburgh oh. specifically, is where we'd love to end up. And we're also thinking about Mexico City. Oh, fabulous. Mexico City is an amazing place. Huge. But Big place, but amazing. Right. Thank you guys both for coming on and talking about the work you're doing in the world um, and how you're creating client experiences. Um, we, I know my audience appreciates this. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a real pleasure. Of course. Absolutely. So, and if folks out there listening for mental health professionals, and if you're also in the service-based industry, and look, if you're in the health, fitness, wellness space, and this conversation has really like inspired you or, you know, awakened something within you, and you would like to connect with Ashley and Regina, you can find, scroll down and find their links in the show notes, thecraneandthebull.com. You can connect with either Regina or Ashley on a private basis. If you'd like to do that, you can find their information there as well. And if you're interested in taking advantage of either of their retreat experiences for 2023, or if you want to get on the list for what they have happening in 2024, you can connect with them as well. And if this episode has been inspiring for you and you would like to share it with someone that you know, someone that you think might need to hear it, please just copy the link and send it to them as a free gift from me. Or you can connect with me on my site at www.theallisonk.com. 
and I will do it for you or someone on my team will do it um, as well. Um, And please don't think twice about that. If you feel like this is something that you would like to do, then we will be happy to assist you with that. Um, And if you're in the business of client experiences and you would like to talk about your story and your vision and how you're creating change in the world and how you're creating not just change for your clients, but how you're doing it within an experience, we want to showcase you as well. So again, connect with me on my site www.theallisonk.com and we can begin the booking process for you. That's what we got for you this week on the podcast, folks. As always, I'm grateful for all your support. Thank you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Mm -hmm.